0: It's Bill from Build the Scene. Tonight, I am talking to Stevie, Tina, and Charlie, and possibly John if he shows up, who are all performing tomorrow night at the um, SOS Concert Series Season 2 Week 2 concert, which is Blues Night. Um, For more information on how to watch that live stream, you can go to um, SOS. 2020 pghorg slash concerts. And this will not be the first time I mention it. It's also scrolling across the bottom um, with tomorrow's date and the purchase information. It's $10 that gets you access to this season, last season, and I want to say over 70 music videos. Um, The last time I, I looked, I think there were 72 of them. Um, So $10 gets you an access, access to a lot of local music and it benefits the Neva emergency relief fund. So it is a great cause. So if this is the first time you're hearing about it, please go to SOS 2020 pghorg I'm really having trouble with that tonight slash concerts and find out more information about um, tomorrow's concert. The other three that including tomorrow that remain in season two, Um, it You can also find out about the first four in season one. And again, it's 10 bucks. Okay. Commercial's out of the way. (laughs) So. uh, I kind of warned you ahead of time that some of my questions are off the wall. Um, (laughs) And and I have this new question. that's like perfect for blues night. Um, Recently, I watched a, documentary on Robert Johnson. So the question is, if you were waiting at the crossroads for the devil to show up, what would you be there to ask him for?
1: They, they made me feel different, you know, I, and I didn't know why just something, something, you know, and, and Steve, you touched on that, the feel of it. And it blues music is very much first and foremost, in my opinion, about feel and, uh, and there were certain tracks on these, you know, the uh, Zeppelin and the Allman Brothers and, and uh, you know, several others that just sounded and, and felt different. And I come to find out that, you know, well, those are blues songs, you know, that those blues progressions in that groove. And I didn't know anything about blues. You know, it's like I was a rock and roll guy. Um, but one year, my, uh, my older brother asked me what I wanted for Christmas. And uh, and I told him, well, get me a Muddy Waters record. Now, I'll be the first to admit, at the time, I really had no idea who Muddy Waters was. Shame on me. But I was a young kid, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just saw his name somewhere in a, in an interview with someone as being an influence. So I thought, well, with a name like Muddy Waters, he's he's got to be badass. So <laughs> so I asked my brother for a Muddy Waters record, and and uh, lo and behold, Christmas morning I. I saw the LP under the tree and I I tore it open and I ran into my room and it was one of his one of the ones he did in the latter part of his career that were uh, uh, produced by Johnny Winter. I think it was uh, Hard Again. I think it was the first of the ones that Johnny Winter did. James Cotton on Harmonica and Willie Big Eye Smith and Pine Top Perkins. I mean, it was phenomenal. I dropped the needle on that sucker and as soon as that started and a cotton's harp just blaring and that that groove i am not making this up every hair on my teenage body stood at attention and i knew right at that that was the moment bill i knew at that point like this is this is this is it this is you know if i could only listen to one kind of music ever again it would be this and uh and that started the journey where i would um you know i would I would start scouring these LPs and the labels on the records, and where it had the uh, the credit for the songwriter next to the song, and I would go f- seek out those songs that made me feel differently. And I saw names like uh, you know uh, you know uh, M. Morganfield, you know, and uh, C. Burnett and uh, R. Miller and R. Johnson. I'm like, yeah, so I so I kind of set out on a on a quest to find out who who are these people and uh and that was that was very much the beginning uh and a side note uh fast forward years later this was probably a couple years before james cotton passed away i was at a uh a, a giant harmonica event out in the midwest and he was he showed up on the last night as a special guest because they gave him a, a special reward or award and uh and i got a chance to go talk to him briefly and introduce myself, and I told him that story, and and he just like got the biggest, brightest smile on his face, and uh, you know I I didn't have because I was so starstruck at the time I didn't have the wherewithal to get him to you know sign a harmonica or get my picture with him, but that smile is burnt into my brain, and uh, that well, was something that I
2: I'll,
0: a I'll cherish.
2: That's a wonderful
0: story. Oh my gosh! So, so I have to admit something. For some reason, I had you guys mute it, so they didn't hear the question about being in the crossroads, and Stevie and Tina, Stevie and Tina, they didn't hear your answer to that question.
2: Good. Okay. All right. Shall I repeat what I said? If I can remember. Yeah, I remember. I said at the crossroads, crossroads, I would not ask the devil for anything because I know there would be a price to pay if I ask him for any kind of a favor In the end, it might not be good. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I have a happy ending after
0: that. So, <laughs> yeah. And then um, they, they also didn't hear your, your um, beginnings in the well, blues.
3: Well, mine was, you know, I'd ask him for a tour. Although I agree with what Stevie said, <laughs> don't want to make a deal with the devil.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. And, I'll, oh, and about starting with the blues. Yeah. Oh, uh, I think basically uh, we
0: missed the first two questions.
2: (laughs) Well, okay. Let's see. (laughs) I I was as coming up, I was listening to R&B and, and, and mostly R&B and um, gospel and things like that. And records, my parents had blues records and all that. And I came to blues late in life, but I realized that, you know, gospel, blues, R&B, it all came from all that came from blues. Everything that you're hearing came from the blues. So, I uh, I said I came in blues late life. Maybe I didn't. It was already there in here. So, you're there now. I'm there now.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: I, I like the blues. I, I like it. I really do. Like I said, I, I love all genres of music. And I've been blessed to be able to do all of them. Yeah.
0: So Tina, we, we need your blues beginnings and then we need Char- my blues. Charlie's answer about, about the crossroads.
3: <laughs> okay. Does Charlie want to give his answer about the crossroads?
1: Ladies first.
3: <laughs> Thanks Charlie. So as I said, um, my blues began when I was a little girl, my dad and my granddaddy played and they were from down South and that was the thing they did all the time on the front porch. And it was gospel. Everybody sang gospel it was very big and that just always stuck with me. I like, I like to sing it. I like the way it sounds and I like the way it makes me feel. And as I said, I do rock and roll with my band, blues, Southern rock, but definitely the blues has always been part of me. I, I love singing with the women of the blues. I'm, I'm excited to do this with the ladies again for tomorrow night and looking forward to it.
0: Hey, Charlie, you, you meet the devil at the crossroads. What, what are you going to do?
1: yeah well, as I mentioned, I don't want nothing he's selling <laughs> but if, if if forced to uh i would i not, not not necessarily anything for myself I would love for the spirit and the essence of people like Roy Johnson and those uh forefathers of this genre of music could be uh wrinkled into the minds and the hearts and souls of all the current players, especially the younger folks, uh, who are who take a liking to this type of music so that they would, um, know, know where it came from and, uh, and keep it, keep that reverence for the music. Uh, cause sometimes I see it not going, not going in that direction. And that's, uh, it's a little bothersome, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I would ask for the, the you know, just the, uh, the essence of those early blues uh, innovators. And, okay. uh, you know, just maybe a little of their pain could be shared. And so that people know that, hey, this, you know, this, this ain't, this ain't no uh, cartoon. Thank you.
0: Uh, I think it's Thank awesome you. that you mentioned cartoons, because now I'm going to ask you a cartoon question. Oh, <laughs> so, there's a band in the Pittsburgh scene called um, The Shadow Event. And the lead singer's name is Christina Santavica. And I'm telling you this ahead of time because she came up with this question. And you can blame her if you ever meet her. <laughs>
3: <Okay>. <laughs> so, I know who she is. I don't know her, though. All right, so,
0: the question is if they were ever going to put you into a cartoon, what cartoon would you be in? So, like, Scooby-Doo, Looney Tunes, something, or something obscure, or, you know, where do you fit in?
3: The Road Runner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> are you going to be the Coyote, or are you going to be the Roadrunner?
3: I'm the Roadrunner. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: <laughs> hmm. Roadrunner. Oh. What would I do? aren't too many cartoons well except for the black panther that'd be one it was a comic book uh i don't know i don't know it's kind of weird oh i'd be bugs bunny <laughs> <laughs> i like it, it was, uh, he's yeah <laughs> he's, he's wise wise can i say it? wise ass that <laughs> I, I you know
1: wise I, I that yeah mm-hmm
3: Either Charlie,
1: one. don't say Elmer Fod. <laughs> no, although, you know, you're right. Those old Warner Brother cartoons, there's nothing like them. That in the Hanna-Barbera yes, early on, they don't they're make on. them like that anymore. They don't. But they if do if I could insert myself into a cartoon world, I would love to meet Jessica Rabbit because she is the hottest cartoon ever. <laughs> sorry.
0: Not sorry.
2: That's okay. That's okay. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I get it. We get it. All right. So a few years ago I went to Chicago to watch the Penguins play against the Blackhawks in an outdoor game. And I'm a huge Penguins fan. And, you know, I expected to go there and like that to be the highlight of of my trip. Well, it turns out my highlight was actually going to Buddy Guy's Legends and, and eating lunch there. And just there was a Single guy up on stage with his acoustic guitar playing the blues, and I didn't want to leave. My brother made me. (laughs) So, what was his name? I can't remember, which is terrible. He was young. Um, he's definitely younger than me. Um, that was probably, I was probably like 40, and that was probably at least four or five years ago. So, I don't know. He was probably late twenties, early thirties, mm. but, but he was good. And really the only regret I had about being at buddy guys was that I was drinking RC Cola. <laughs> <laughs> but what is a moment that like for me, that that's my blues moment sitting there watching this guy on stage. And it, it was just, you know, I was there for the hockey game and, and I talk about that moment more than I do anything else that happened. Um, so, is there a moment in the blues that has just really stuck with you over the years?
2: Yes, I'll, I'll go first. Um, I was was a while back. Uh, I was watching a HBO documentary uh, put on by Martin Scorsese called "Lightning in a Bottle." I don't know if anybody saw "Lightning in a Bottle." If you haven't, check it out. It had there a lot of them are gone now. A lot of blues legends were in that show, and it started um, and it started out how it started giving you the history of the blues, how it started, you know, the music in Africa, and then it started, you know, pictures and things of slaves. And you got to remember the chain gang, too. The chain gangs had, there's actual music you can get from chain gangs, there's, there's, there's music. And it's powerful. sad, powerful, but love is not, you know, like I said, it comes from a certain place. Well, anyway, it starts there. And then they have these, everybody coming up, people that I, you know, um, uh, Ruth Brown came up, Odetta came up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And these men um, that were performing, you know, the old, the, 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 a, lot of, a lot of them have gone, B.B. Uh, King, of course, is on there. Um, um, My girl, Natalie Cole, sang some blues uh, 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 from the Staples Singers. Mavis Staples was on. But like I said, it's going back. The musicians were fabulous. All these musicians, you know, Neville Brothers, all, all this music that they had. And when I watched this older gentleman who was a blues player, and this was at Madison Square Garden, the show was filmed. And he said that he would clean He was his blues guys, but, but he, you know, was, I guess, a janitor there at one, at one time. And for him to be able to sit there, because it was a, right. He had a song, his songs that he sang. And he was there on stage after cleaning, you know, having to clean the place was there on the stage. And he did this song and, um, and it broke my heart listening to him play the guitar and sing the song. It broke my heart. And I just listened. And the whole, the whole show just brings you to, I guess, I don't know, Jesus moment. I'm not sure. But the whole show, all these musicians, all these people who started off performing blues as kids, you know, how they came up. And the struggle was real and the heartache that they went through all of them and how they all got, were getting together in the stage in this back room and how they all knew each other and how them never met before, but they all knew each other. And they had this, this this thing in common. It was the most beautiful, sad, painful. It was wonderful thing I'd ever seen in my life. And that's, like I said, that feeling of that blues is is immense. It's it's big, and it was big when I watched that. When I watched that show, and I watched it over and over and over and over again. And you have to check it out if you haven't seen it. It's called Lightning in a Bottle. I think you can either Google it, Google it, or YouTube it, or I think you have to buy it or something like that. But it's excellent show. So that did it for me. That that put me in the spot where um, I understood he's come to that understanding of all of it. I think it's music in a period, not the one, four, five. It's more than just a one, four, five. For those who don't know, that means, well, yeah, it's a music term for blues. And it's more than just that. So it's watch the evolution of the blues, you know. So Strange Fruit was a blues song. Okay. That was, it was, blues, it was, pro, it was also a protest song as well. But Yeah, yeah it
1: wrecks me every time.
2: It wrecks me every time. And they showed, mm-hmm. you know, that. so that's what the blues is, yeah, that's how I got, that's what blues has done for me, I guess you'd say. So.
3: I think I have to agree and underline what you said, like watching documentaries on how, you know, blues, you know, came about and just. Um, how it makes you feel. It's definitely a lot different than a lot of other genres I listen to, although I like all of them. It's just really deep and intense and it really gets to your soul because there's so much meaning and passion behind it. And I didn't see the show you're talking about,
2: but I have heard about that show. You and have I, to watch for yourself. That's, that's, watch for yourself. Then you will understand I mean, from the beginning to the end. And I mean, its it's like I said, it's joyous. It's it's all it's it's everything it's everything all it's the American experience I guess you'd probably yeah. say and um and to exalt these people who from what from what it came from is right the biggest <laughs> you know it's because it's, a lot of people don't really know they really don't know and the thing is understand what you're what why. Music came about. Understand what you're singing and why certain songs were written. But so, yeah. What you got to say, Charlene? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, sorry. Oh, Bill. I'm sorry. I asked. No. I no, didn't no, to wait, ask you. Wait. I stepped on your toes. I asked a question. Sorry.
0: You're <laughs> fine.
3: <laughs> For Howard Stern now and Robin, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> In the interviews.
0: Listen, I'm constantly constantly telling people that I have yet to find a host for my show, you know, the 16-year-old one. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Keep looking, Bill.
1: <laughs> Keep looking. Uh there were a couple of things that um kind of hit me at that level uh that Stevie was talking about. One was uh Several years ago, I was uh, doing a little tour down through the South with a couple of friends, and uh, we played at a, a place called the Blue Biscuit in Indianola, um, in Mississippi. And um, the owner gave us tickets to the BB King Museum, which is right, like right down the street from her from her venue. And uh, we got there, it was kind of late, so I didn't get a chance to spend nearly as much time as I'd like to. But just going back and looking at videos and reading articles and looking at photographs that kind of portrayed um, that, uh, you know, what they were doing in the midst of the oppression that was very prevalent at the time. and. Uh, you know, and they, you know, they persevered. Mm -hmm. And thank, thank heavens, you know, all that, all that stuff was recorded for anybody to, um, you know, to study today. Uh, The other thing that, the other moment, I was driving back from uh, visiting a a Cajun friend of mine in Eunice, Louisiana. And uh, I have a friend who lives uh, near Jackson, Tennessee, and he had told me that Um, there was a little cemetery where John Lee Williamson was buried. Now, John Lee Williamson was the original Sonny Boy Williamson. He was, he's the harmonica player who went to Chicago and he's credited with influencing people like Little Walter and a lot of the other major players. Uh, He was, he was the innovator. And uh, so my, my friend JD had told me that at some point Previously, and a few years, few years before that, uh, people had taken up a donation and got him a really nice headstone. So when I was driving back through Jackson, I thought, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can find this place, you know. And I looked it up online and I found the, you know, the area and the name of this cemetery It's a little cemetery where the chapel used to be that that he attended as a as a kid. And uh, they had moved the chapel somewhere else as in, you know, set it up like a historical site. It's not at the cemetery anymore. So I find the cemetery and it was, you know, it's nice, well-kept and everything. And, you know, and I walked through it and looked at every stone three times and I couldn't find it. I had a picture of it and I couldn't find it. And uh, so I was just getting ready to get back on the road and, and, you know, give up thought I was at the wrong place. And I looked across the the rolling hills and I saw what looked like a headstone or two in in the woods and that's when it hit me I was like of course this is the white section yes. of the cemetery
2: yes
1: so yeah. I, I rolled down the road and I walked up through waist-high weeds and there were mm-hmm. all these stones laying on their side uh, unmarked or worn away from I mean there were stones there from the 19th century and uh and I wandered around and I found uh Sonny Boy's new tombstone. And uh man, it was that was like a, a, a kick in the gut. You know, it was uh you know, I just I what can I do? I stood there and, you know, set one of my harmonicas on the stone and took a couple of pictures and you know, and just kinda like just kind of reveled in, in the history that was around me and not only just him obviously him in particular as a harmonica player he's he's one of the innovators and forefathers that we talk about uh but just the the heaviness and the weight of you know of that segregation which you know was so common and and expected then but you know to to someone like me living in today's day and age especially this far north shocking and heartbreaking and uh yeah those yeah, those things like that, you know, that's uh, again, it, that brings it that raises the uh you know th- the uh importance of this music and uh, the importance of of holding it in in high esteem because of where it came from.
2: Thank you for that. It's a good story. Thank you for that. That's that's what it That's a lot of what I've been trying is to tell a lot of people. Um, you know, these it wasn't that you know they were blues people and like they are right now. You know, everybody's all popular and so on and so forth. It's not like if they and these people didn't get any money for it what they did, and a lot of the no, music they didn't. Was,
1: no, they didn't. A lot of the
2: music was taken from them. Uh, you know, it was taken, just taken. Yes, it was, and made somebody so somebody else could record it and make money from it. Mm-hmm. And it still goes on, but you know. I guess a lot of people, you know, don't try, or we want our music, you know, that kind of thing. We're not letting you take it, but that, uh, that happens. That's happened throughout the years through, you know, <laughs> I mean, centuries I'd, I'd say. And um, cause I, you know, I've listened to records. I had a friend of mine who gave me a, an anthropologist friend of mine gave me a, some records and they were called race records and things that yeah that's them. what they call them that's what they called them and i'm listening to this and i said wow yeah. i mean and it's so old but you can hear it. i mean i'm listening to this music this is some great stuff but you know you, but like i said you know you hold hold them up hold these people up to a higher high esteem put them on on that pedestal because if it wasn't for them none of this we'd be we're doing now would never have come about.
1: Yeah. So what, we, what did it, Willie? Never, what did Willie Dixon about? say? <laughs> Willie Dixon said, "The blues is the roots, and everything else is the fruits."
2: Exactly. It is. It is. No and love, it's, it's no lie. But like I said, you know, it, it comes. It comes from across, the, you know, across the ocean, and it came here, and it just, you know, it's however it happened, it flourished. I guess you'd have to say that, you know, because it, it, it just came from the condition, from a human condition.
1: Yeah.
2: As bad as it was, but, uh, you know, it, it's a wonderful music and I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be, you know, I'm, I am proud to be, a, you know, have that heritage. and uh, And I'm glad that people can recognize that and just understand this is all this music you got, your rock, you you know, all that stuff. It, it has to start somewhere and it started, That's right. started
0: there at that point. So. Yep. So th- this next question I've been waiting to ask, and the more that you guys are, are speaking, the more I'm getting excited about it. Um, <laughs> so if you could go back in time without breaking the space time continuum for so dr brown doesn't yell at you um okay good you got it <laughs> and, okay. yeah. And, and yeah and and you can meet with any musician in the history of the world who would you meet with but the, the, there's a caveat you can only ask that person one question so who would you meet with and what would you ask them
3: wow that is a tough question
0: hmm I kind of combined two of my questions <laughs> <gasps>
2: What question oh this is your question yeah i i I have well there's several people I'd like to meet and ask them a question
0: one question well go ahead you, you can you can do several we have
2: time okay <laughs> first one be first one i my heart, Jimi Hendrix, I, I adored him because he played the blues, letting folks be known. Um, I, I I, just would like to, to would ask him um, where he came up with, I guess, um, his ideas. And because I, I like the way he sang because he sang from here, too. He wasn't a singer. Not really. He wasn't a great vocalist. His guitar playing was so, I could feel it to the point that I would be in tears. That's that's the kind of artist he was to me. I don't know about anybody else. But I, whatever pain he was having, I was feeling it, too. But I I would, I would ask him, you know, what was so painful for you? Because some, cause sometimes, you know, like comedians, they're so funny, but it's born out of pain. They're, they're you know, comedic things born out of pain. I would ask him that. And then I would talk to Bob Marley. Sorry. He was one of my heroes. He's just, I don't know. He was just a prophet hero for me. So that's that's totally different. That's
0: not blues. It's a little re- Reggae. Actually, I, 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 I love reggae. That's that that popped me back. Um yeah. there was years ago, probably two thousand four, two thousand five on Pennsylvania Rock Show, um JJ Smith was here. Um he was in Ziggy Marley's band. And he was in my living room. It was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, oh he, my God. He was a friend of a friend. And it, my friend was like, Hey, I know this guy. I'm like, him. <laughs> bring him.
2: Yeah. Gee, I wish I had been there. Phew. That must've been amazing.
3: I'm still trying to think like who I would want to meet. Charlie, you come up with somebody.
1: Uh, you know, I could think of a, a whole list of blues musicians that I would love to go and, um, watch perform, but I, I mean, I don't know what I would say to them. I mean, I don't know what kind of question I would have for them. Um, Some of them I would just like to go and be around. I mean, I would, you know, I'd, I'd love to, to, to hang out with, with Muddy Waters for an afternoon and uh, chat with him and uh, you know, dare I say, play a, play a song with them. Another, another guy that I am really drawn to just, his style and, and, and uh, he's not even a harmonica player. It's a Mississippi John Hurt. Um,
2: Sorry.
1: Just, I, uh, yeah, it's the same way I feel Stevie. I hear his playing and his singing and it is just so chill and there's nothing. I mean, there are people who could play those licks and that style, but like that was his and, you know, uh, like a lot of these, a lot of these cats, they were phenomenal players. They mm-hmm. weren't very nice people. Uh, and rightfully so they got, you know, they got a lot of hard knocks and they'd learn how to give it back. Yeah, um, that's true. But, you know, John Hurt to me, just always seemed like this humble guy that, you know, I could imagine him as being approachable. And I, I, I don't know if he was or not, I would think so when they, when they found him in the resurgence and the folk and the blues resurgence, and they went, they had no idea where he was. He only had a handful of early recordings and uh, they went to the town that he mentioned in one of his songs and just start asking around and they, and the people said, Oh yeah, he lives down the road in that shack on the left. And uh, you know, and they went and found him and he he thought they were pulling his leg. He's like, what do you mean they want to hear my music? (laughs) So he just, but I love his style. I love his, his, vocals and his guitar playing and uh oh, you know man. if i could hang out if i could hang out for a weekend with somebody i'd go back and and sit with him on his porch and uh you know and wake up and have uh, bacon and eggs and greens with him in the morning <laughs> there you go sounds like a- i uh, think it.
3: I wanted to if I would go back who I would want to meet because i I just always admired and just always thought what a tough woman is Etta James, but I want to know how she how she put herself in the place with the men around her because she was a she seemed like a strong woman, I like her music um I sing some of her stuff, so I think that's who I would probably be interested in meeting like I could just see like hanging out on the porch with her and drinking. <laughs> singing music <laughs> <laughs> All right,
0: so she's
3: great. Th- I think she's great I mean she's definitely got a different voice and she's done a lot of songs that are you know everybody's doing to, everybody does yeah. them
2: today yeah I, you know what female I, I would love I would love to just sit there and talk to Big Mama Thornton just for yeah or or not just her uh, um Play guitar every day. I mean, I have to wonder, like, how, Let's how- this other woman's name? He plays guitar. Um, uh, a sister, um, Rosetta.
1: Rosetta Thorpe.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That. <laughs> now, I would just, I would just like just just. Yeah, you're right. Like you said, just sit and talk, just sit. I would just sit and talk and just at a play just, and just have a good time. That's,
1: yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's a great question, Bill. But, you know, it's, I, I'm sitting here racking my brain and I can't. I yeah, can't, I, I mean, you're I can think so of good. people I'd like to hang out with. I can't think of one specific question that I would ask any one person. I mean, how do you even approach that? Right. So, but not- I would love I would love dearly to hang out with some of them.
0: So this next question has kind of become a thing on my podcast. Um, It started out as a joke, and now I'm really trying to do it. Um, So when I'm watching stuff on YouTube, within five videos, there's either a video of the Foo Fighters or a video of Dave Grohl, who's the lead singer of the Foo Fighters. So Uh I started bringing that up on my show, and um, I came up with the question to go along with it. But I've started tagging him, trying to get him on the show. Um, but the question is, who is your Dave Grohl? And what I mean by that is, the Foo Fighters are known like when they're playing, you know, they're playing at Wembley, and they see someone holding up a sign saying "I want to play," whatever song of theirs, and they bring them up on stage and hand them a guitar and let them play. So by by asking you who is your Dave Grohl, I'm asking what musicians would you want to go up on stage with and, and play one of their songs with them? It's another hard one, right?
2: (laughs) Yeah. You go first, Charlie.
1: (laughs) Is this, is this, (laughs) thanks. I was waiting for that. Uh, Is this living or living or dead bill or uh, it
0: it can be any.
1: Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Huh. Huh. Well, I mean like all the all the great harmonica players, the current ones that are out there touring that I um uh, revere and admire um I I wouldn't want to embarrass myself by sitting in with them. <laughs> <laughs> no, um I don't know. I mean uh as far as living, I you know, and I, this just goes to you know in my opinion you know i'm i'm a big fan of the uh the classic blues style the chicago blues style and anything traditional uh i'm not really big on contemporary anything cuz i'm a old school or, or just old if you prefer um but um <laughs> as far as uh as far as current players uh, Kim wilson in my opinion is the best at playing this style um I don't know if I'd want to be on this bandstand with him, but I sure wouldn't mind taking his band for a drive. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> so that would that would be that uh, yeah, would be quite intimidating, but um, yeah, I mean he he ranks right up there, you know, as far as uh, not living, you know, certainly any of those uh, any of those classic bands from Chicago in the you know in the fifties and sixties like you know, the Aces who uh, were uh, Little Walter's band, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, or, or any any iteration of Muddy Waters band, he always had a, an amazing uh, knack for finding the perfect pieces for, for his ensembles.
3: I think if I were to get up on stage with somebody, I would want to get up on stage with Aretha Franklin and just watch her <laughs> and... Maybe do some, <laughs> but I like Aretha Franklin. I would love to get on stage with her, and and if I could get on stage and sing, and somebody play for me, I think I would want to do that with like BB King. I watched him play with Susan Tedeschi, who I love. Susan Tedeschi, and and it was just the way he handled her and the way he was with her on the stage. It was it was endearing for me. I don't know if anybody ever saw that, but um, just seems like a really gentle soul, yeah. and make on the stage.
2: Uh, I I I think I would like to be on stage with Kev Mo Yeah. Uh he's he's badass. He might, I, you might I, one day, Evie you never I, know. Ah that would be so cool. Having him play and just do out sing something together or he just playing I say play. what I I I yeah. Him and um what's my girl, Ruth Brown. I like She's, she was, I mean, listening to her, just, I would just like to be up on stage just watching her and do her thing, you know, just, you learn, that's how we, we learn from these folks, I but to be on stage or just sitting right on the sidelines, like, you know? Right, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes, that, that would, oh, yeah, yeah, but Kebbo, I, I would love to be on stage with him. he's, he's got that, it. You know he's he's got it. Now I I, I enjoy listening to him, uh, and I'd like to see him live. So, but be on stage with him. Yeah. I'll <laughs> have my i have my sign up. Can I sing with him?
0: <laughs> see, you should say you're my Dave Grohl. Can I come on? <laughs> oh
2: yeah, oh yeah, oh sorry. And
0: then, then you have <laughs> to explain it. You <laughs>
2: didn't have to explain. This what the heck are
0: you talking about? But it'll draw his attention. Like, who's Dave Grohl?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably knows. I'm sure, I
0: ever, probably, a, I'm sure he i
2: knows, but yeah, but I but I'll, I'll,
0: yeah. <laughs> um so this next one is kind of it's kind of a songwriters question. So but but it's coming from me, so it's an odd one. <laughs> so and it's not a stretch. It's let's say that there's an apocalyptic event and and it wipes out the majority of the humans on earth and there's a handful of humans left and it also takes out all but one song from every band which song which song that you either wrote or you perform would you want to to be involved in repopulating the earth and you can read in the last part however you want <laughs>
2: Let's see.
3: Well, we've been writing a lot of music while this yeah.
2: pandemic, while well, well, say, pandemic we, is gone. Right, the music. Well, I'll tell you what, if, if I was to write something just, just for the, if it was apocalyptic and it was the last, you know, people and, whatever, and um, I probably write something happy, like, all my debt is gone. <laughs> I have no (laughs) debt. Don't need no more money. (laughs) That kind of thing. Oh yeah, all my debt's gone. I don't have these bills to pay anymore. Oh yeah, that's that's yeah. And and if you're young, you'll be happy too. You don't have to worry about. I'll teach you whatever you want. You don't have to worry about school debt. Yeah, and and, because I'm too old to be trying to repopulate anything at this point. I say that all the time. I, never it too. ain't happening. <laughs> not anymore. It's not happening. We so are. They'll, they'll probably say you can't stay. <laughs> you got to go, lady. <laughs> You're too old. You can't help us out at all. <laughs> now, I would be
3: happy writing in a young artist to my music. You know what I mean? We actually um we wrote quite a few songs through the last year. And one of the songs that we wrote is called we, the people, and we did it back in May. Of course we're tweaking it because it's not like we're really out there yet, yeah. but it's a good song. It, it is about what's going on today and um, just all the control and, and, and lost sight of, you know, what we really should be as humans and the kindness and everything like that. And the government run, the way it is, So you know. It's 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 a good song. I actually put the preamble in my
2: uh, pre course. <laughs>
3: there
2: you go. Yeah. yeah, we wrote one. We I sure we wrote one. Uh, it's it's going to be. It's on the next CD. But it's called "Right This Wrong." And they've already played it on the radio. And uh, I heard you heard it. It's pretty good. Cool. It's
1: pretty it's good. good. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's nice. a good song. Yeah, yeah, I. I I don't get too uh, sociopolitical in my writing. Um, I write, I mean, I write about stuff that I know or experienced or witness. And sometimes it's just straight up out of my imagination, which uh, it can be kind of an interesting place. Um, But there's a couple songs that I wrote that I'm kind of proud of. Um, One is, a song called a Christmas for all it's a Christmas song, but it's just kind of a, um, just kind of a reminder that not everybody has, you know, that super happy Christmas. Sometimes even the people who are surrounded by the big home and the fireplace and all the trappings and trimmings, and they still, it's, it's not a, it's not a joyful time because everybody, you know, has different, different, uh, baggage to carry i guess and then there are a lot of people who are just without um so i'm I'm pretty proud of that song and uh and i wrote another one recently called one more day with you which is another kind of an introspective uh thing about loss like uh you know it doesn't really specify how the loss came about but uh essentially the the uh the the core of the song is you know uh I, I would, if I had just one wish, I'd wish for one more day with you. Um, both of those, I have videos on my YouTube channel if you wanted to check them out. But uh, um, those are two that, um, yeah, that. I'm, I'm pretty proud of. Um, I'll check so it out. I'd say one of those. Yeah. i I'd say one I, of
2: those. I got to say something about you, Charlie, yeah, uh, at the rehearsal the other day. Um, I I noticed, well, I've noticed before when we came down to see you in Memphis and all that, and from seeing you on stage before, and when you're talking about when you start, when, you, when the music, blues music spoke to you, mm-hmm. and I could tell that uh, you started off early, because of some people, you could tell that they, have you're, I think, I don't know if you're reincarnation or what, or I don't know who or whatever, but I listen to you sing and I'm listening to him play. And I'm like, somewhere, somebody is like channeling, channeling, I don't know who or what could be anybody obscure. We don't know because a lot of folks, but I, 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 I hear it in your voice. I hear it in your playing and it just, it blew me. It just blows me away. And I, I, um. You're real. Yep. Uh, you know, I, you know. I
1: appreciate those kind words for both of you I, ladies.
2: I hear, I it's just, you just blow. Charlie Brath tell he just blows me away. I'm just telling you, honey, it, it's.
3: You're effortless. You just, yeah. It,
2: it, it's, 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 it's. Influent. It's, 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 it's you. Mm-hmm. It, it's you. Like some, some, like I said, some of the people, they, they hear something and, at an early age and they kind of like it's speaks to you from right in here and you said it and you felt it so you have it you've got it Whatever. well i I, I, I
1: don't know what to say in response to that other than thank you that uh that means an awful lot uh coming from both both tina and Stevie because you guys are you're Two of the most dynamic vocalist in in the city and beyond um but thank you, uh, thank you so much uh, i i don't know where it comes from you know so it's a puzzle to me too i mean i'm second generation american from eastern european roots i doubt it came from there but who knows it may have that that wasn't an easy that wasn't an easy path either um mm-hmm. not that i would compare it but um you know i heck i grew up listening to polkas <laughs> So yeah, and, and if country it wasn't music.
2: We all be playing polkas.
1: <laughs> still be yeah, playing well, polkas. I got a good, <laughs> so, I got a good well, jump I, on that too. Thank
0: God for the blues.
2: <laughs> it's funny. My
3: uncle
1: right.
2: played. <laughs> <laughs> my mother, my, my, my mother was born and raised in Carnegie, and her brother, and my uncle, played the trumpet, and he played in a polka band.
1: back, right.
2: in, the, back in the he's he was in a polka band, and I. My mother's brother. And he's, I said, Are there any pictures? She says, No, because they didn't want him in the pictures, but he would take the pictures. He was, you know, he's African American, but he wasn't supposed to be, you know, but he was there. He played, he did yeah. all those, played in those polka bands back then. But yeah,
1: that's,
2: my mom, we could, pay hey, polka, That's that Carnegie, everybody was kind of more together. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I moved party. here to Western Pennsylvania in 85. Uh, uh, just from right down the river in Ohio, and uh, I was probably 26 years old before I went to a wedding reception that didn't feature a polka band. <laughs> How funny is that? I was actually in the wedding. It was a a, a fellow that I worked with. It was at a it was a country club affair, and we're eating dinner, and there's this like string quartet you know it was like really beautiful and i looked at him i was like well where's the band set up and he's like well there's the band right there i'm like no i mean like for the reception he goes oh we got a dj like and that was like it just blew my mind Of like who uses a dj where's the polka band
0: (laughs) (laughs) see i thought you were going to talk about cookie tables
1: Oh, that's, that was there too, Bill. That was there too. Because you don't have to go. I mean, that that extends way down the river as well.
3: Okay. Yeah, that's the cookie
2: table.
0: Yeah. Um. Tomorrow night is going to be this. This whole season two is, except for the fourth week, is completely different than season one. Because you know, the first week was singer songwriters and they got mm-hmm. up on stage and they played two or three songs. Um, you guys are going to be um, performing with a house band basically. Um, mm-hmm. but wh- yeah. when each of you are up on stage, what are we going to see and hear from you?
1: Hocus hmm. <laughs> <Polka's> for me,
3: <laughs> clearly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nothing but polkas
2: Nothing but polkas you're Uh, gonna (laughs) hear good stuff from good looking people (laughs) (laughs) we yeah we're we're gonna have it's 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 gonna be a party i think um we're gonna have a good time you're gonna see um some really some uh good vocalists when we met the other night she's really good i'm not gonna tell you who she is but she'll be on there and of course um some good musicians. We're just gonna have a. We're just gonna have fun, and um, I, I'm probably gonna. You, you're gonna do some bunch of blues, of course. I'm gonna. Well, I'm. I'm gonna do um. The one, the first blues that was actually written down on tablature. It was written down. I'm gonna do a version of his song, W.C. Handy's tune. So, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I think that's what I'm doing. I think that's the what I'm doing. What did I rehearse? Do you remember? I'm, <laughs> I'm losing my mind. But I think that's the one.
3: I, I think I was on the phone. Well, apparently I never used to learn Jesus on the main line, and that wasn't what I was doing.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's why I used to. That's what she, we thought you were. We thought she was going to do Jesus on the main line, and I'm saying, okay. I like. Okay. And then you start saying something else. I don't know where you actually get that from, but whatever. <laughs> and
1: we could do that for an encore.
2: Yep. Sure can. That'd be Awesome. I love, and then, love that and then, song. And then call them up and tell them what you want and call them up and tell them what you want after that. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Yep. Yep.
2: But it's going to be a fun night. So. Yeah.
1: yeah you're going to hear a good mix bill of uh, covers and, and some uh, originals as well. Uh, I'll be featuring two originals that will be coming out on my new record. I guess this is a good place in time to plug my new record, which uh, and, I'm and, just getting ready to order the discs.
0: And and each of you, Charlie first, because he's bringing up, should mention yeah. mention where we can find you online so they can track down your, your music. Okay. That's oh, all. yeah. Um,
1: yeah, well, uh, right now the easiest place to find me is uh, – my artist page on Facebook which is Charlie barath Harmonica you can uh, I do have a uh, not super populated but I do have uh, some videos on my YouTube channel uh I have some stuff on my Bandcamp page that you can listen to or download uh and I have a website also Charlie barath Harmonica that's being built as we speak so uh then uh this this record of mine will be available probably within the next month. It'll take probably three or four weeks to order it. Um so uh I'm I'm just finalizing the artwork uh on that uh now actually I'm waiting waiting for my uh designer to call me and tell me he's got the final version ready for me to peruse.
2: <laughs> congratulations. Yes
1: congratulations oh, I'm ex- I'm excited wait. about it it's uh it's not your typical record, it's seventeen songs and sixteen of them are originals Ooh, um, that's it. and uh yep. it's got a wide variety of blues full on country band with a pedal steel swing music uh old time acoustic duo stuff um it's got a pretty wide variety of stuff, twenty different musicians um and uh yeah i'm I'm excited to get it in people's hands and in their ears Hi. Right, Right. about
3: you, Tina. Well, you could go, you could find uh Tina Daniels band on Google, and we also have the Facebook, and we have some of our songs uploaded on our YouTube page as well. And uh, one of our videos that we played at the last SOS Save Our Stages, um, Smack Dab is up there too. Yeah, I saw those. Great to Tom hear. has all of our production and producing and videoing and editing and everything. And, and he's a perfectionist. So it's like, come on,
2: let's go. <laughs> Fantastic.
3: Oh.
2: oh, your turn, Stevie. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's see. Uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook. You can find me with Cheryl, uh, our duo and band, of course. Uh, uh, the, um, we're called Soulful Femme. And you can see us at our website, www.soulfulfemme.com. It's soulful F-E-M-M-E. No, French for woman. So soulfulfem.com. Um, we have video everywhere. YouTube, um, you can see us on our on our website. There's video, pictures, bios, everything. Uh, we do have um, we have some singles that were out. Uh, But these are also going on our um, newest CD. It's coming out. I think we're trying to get it out at the beginning of June, end of May, beginning of June. Uh, We've ordered them. So, you know, it's all done, mixed. Everything's done. Uh, It's called uh, It Is Well With My Soul. That's the name of the CD, title of the CD. It's also um, the only cover, you know, of the song, because everything is all original. Um, We've had a lot of musicians on ours as well. Um, it was recorded here at Charles. It was also recorded down at uh, Studio L in uh, West Virginia, Rick Wachowski. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, some things were written also by, we have some co-writers, Mark Byers. You'll meet him tomorrow. He's performing tomorrow. You'll see him. And uh, yeah, check just Everybody check us out. See Tina's video. I can't wait for Charlie's. I'm looking forward to it.
1: This is going to be great. All this great music. That's what 12 months of shutdown will get you.
2: Hey, you you know? Hey, if it wasn't for that, I'll tell you what. If it wasn't for recording, and we've got some gigs we're doing, but if it wasn't for, like, being in the studio, you know, I'd be – would be able, to, wouldn't be able to sing because that's what's keeping me keeping the chops up too, you know, going in the studio.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, let me think. I, I, I kind of. I'm gonna ask it. <laughs> uh oh. So, well, it, it's an odd. First of all, like as you've noticed, a lot of my questions have stories behind them um this one I asked a band um from Denton, Texas, and they're a metal band and I asked them and and it's named after them now it's it's the diesel beast question <laughs> um don't get scared it isn't <laughs> um I asked them if they could play with any any band and any location so like go up and and either play with the band or open and share a show with a band anywhere in the world, where would they play and who would they want to play with? Well, their answer was they wanted to play at Stonehenge with Dio. And that's kind of hard to top for if you're a metal band. I mean, first of all, you're going to Stonehenge, and second, you're playing with Dio. But (laughs) So I'm interested to see what you guys would come up with with for that question. Where, where would you want to play? I mean, it could be, it doesn't even have to be a normal venue. It could just be somewhere that you think would, would, would be fun to play at.
2: <laughs> I can play somewhere in Europe. Me and Cheryl, Cheryl playing her guitar, me singing along with Eric Gales.
0: That that may have been the fastest answer tonight.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was Eric- I dig, I dig Eric Gale. That man can play the guitar. I like his music writing. I like what he sings. I like his, his, seeing him with his wife and the, performing at the Blues Music Awards. We saw them live. It just and I met him too. It was like, yeah, any stage anywhere in Europe because they like the blues in Europe. Oh, I know Nepal. Is it Nepal? A friend of ours. He's called the Himalayan Hendrix. His name is Ashish Dangol. We played a show for him. He met him down in Memphis. We played a show for him. I would love to go there and play with Eric Gale and Joe Soulful Family.
3: That's it. I don't think it matters much where I would play, but I would love to play. Even though they don't really exist much anymore, as the Almond Brothers, they're just one of my favorite bands. You know, I never missed any of their shows here when they used to come. They came every year on my birthday, so it was a big sure. deal. Mm. <laughs> mm. I
1: I don't really need to go anywhere exotic, but uh, they are uh, in the process. <clears throat> they There's been an effort to save the house that Muddy Waters lived in in Chicago, oh. which was literally falling down. And, uh, and I think it was one of his daughters who was behind the effort, but they were able to acquire it, and now they are raising money, and they are going to convert it into the muddy waters museum it's It's actually the house where they would practice and write songs in the basement, you know Willie dixon and and little Walter and all those cats um, I would I don't care who I'd play with, but I'd love to play the grand opening of that. You could put me up first when well, nobody's paying attention. Wouldn't matter. <laughs> <laughs>
2: when you start playing, they, they perk up and say, oh,
1: like that, because you'd be playing. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah.
2: All
0: right. laughs> so we're going to end things. Well, I'm going to ask two more questions, because I don't want to end it on this question, but I want to ask it. Okay. Um, and I'll give you the story behind it. I really like the band Aerosmith, which also clearly is blues-based rock. Yes. Yep. Um, and I finally got to go see them at Star Lake. That wasn't called Star Lake then, but Star Lake. <laughs> and yeah. they were playing. We all call it Star Lake. That's that's <laughs> because it's Star Lake. We all call it Star... Yeah, Star Lake. Yeah. And um, I went to see them with Kiss, which is really my favorite rock band. But um, they were alternating nights. Who was who was going to play first, and who was headlining? <laughs> and of course in pittsburgh aerosmith was the headliner which mm-hmm. normally i would have been 100% okay with except i think i think steven was sick <laughs> and Ooh. joe perry sang most of the leads and um it was the it was when they released their honkin on bobo album which was a blues album so they're with kiss with all the pyro and the flying and the blood spitting and they were sitting on stools playing blues. And it just wasn't a good mix for me. And then when you threw in that that Stephen really wasn't doing the singing. And then they only played a 40-minute set. So in my music history, and I don't hold it against them because I still love Aerosmith. But that was the worst concert I ever went to because I had high hopes. And then it all just crumbled. So my question for you is what was the worst show you've been at?
3: <laughs> hmm. I can't, hmm. I can't really say there was a show that I didn't have a good time and the band didn't sound good.
2: Yeah, I'm
1: there were that. quite a few that I don't remember being there. Yeah, <laughs> you could count that. I will say, you know, so back in the day when I lived uh, in Ohio across the river from Wheeling. Uh, I went to virtually all the concerts that I could uh, at the Capitol Music Hall or the Civic Center. Uh, I think when I was 15, I saw ACDC at the Capitol Music Hall. Uh, that was the uh, Let There Be Rock tour. As a 15-year-old, mind blown. I mean, Angus was nonstop headbanging. I mean, it was It was amazing. So I went to see them in subsequent tours in following years, um, before Bon Scott died. Uh, but that, that was the standout show everyone after that, they were so loaded, especially Bon Scott, just so constantly wasted that it's like, it wasn't, it wasn't good. I mean, someone like, so if they did, uh, some of their newer songs of the record they were supporting in that tour, they were doing okay. But if they tried some of their earlier stuff, which was a little more high energy, they couldn't keep it together. They were all over the place. That's, you know, those, a couple of those ACDC gigs stand out to me as disappointing. Uh, That's not to say that some of the ones I don't remember were even worse because they might've been.
2: (laughs) Hmm. I remember, uh, well, uh, I'm I'm a lover of, prog rock progressive rock that's i went to guy. i went to see yes genesis Emerson, Lake Palmer, jethro tall rush all those folks back in the day i did well but then i also like this in the funk groups and i remember going to see parliament funkadelic parliament for the first time and that and then it came back kept coming back and i think the worst show that i was there at that one time because everybody was wasted on stage, I said, "What in the heck are you guys doing?" Everybody was high, and and I, you know, because the show that they did, the first show that they did here in Pittsburgh, back then at the Civic Arena, I guess you couldn't really top it because it it was fantastic. And they came back, it was like, "What happened?" <laughs> it was just like, mm. "What happened? What happened?" They everybody was wasted. That kind of that. That messes things up when you get high. I guess it's not all what you you know. I think
1: it sure does. I got
2: high. Write great music when I'm high. Said, so "Not no, you're not. Not really.
1: <laughs> no, you no, you don't.
2: <laughs> nah, nah, So that was the worst. You got, but everybody else was good. Even if they, if they even if they were kind of, uh, they may have been wasted too. I don't know, but they were noticeably wasted. So it was pretty bad.
0: <laughs> oh. Um. Probably. I know my wife's answer. I don't even have to ask her. Um, and I would not consider it a bad concert, but we went again to see kiss and they were playing with Motley Crue. And um, <laughs> partway through Motley Crue's set, she turned to me and said, don't ever ask me to see this band again. <laughs> so not a Motley Crue fan. <laughs> oh, well, and coincidentally, that was my second time seeing Motley Crue. So I, yeah, I was okay. <laughs> yeah. <with it.
2: laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. The first, first shows is they, they were really great. And I suppose the top, how can you top that? Well, sometimes it just doesn't quite go that way. You kinda...
0: and mm-hmm. Probably. You guys talked about good shows. So I'm going to throw a good one in too because I don't want to leave it on a downer, which is why I said, I was going <laughs> to ask another question. Um, this, I, I saw this show at it was the Washington County wing um wing festival. And you're laughing. Wait until you hear who it was. I was with the lo- local band Doppler Effect. Are you guys familiar with them? They're they're phenomenal if you're not. Um But I went with them at the time I was I was designing their website and they opened for Charlie Daniels. We were at a wing fest and Charlie Daniels was on stage playing it was probably the highlight of 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 my year i mean it it was it was just awesome to see the band that i was friends with and then charlie daniels was on stage next i was like that just blew me away and then to see him play the devil went down to georgia live i mean he was good yeah uh,
3: oh yeah but that was really good daniels in 1984 he was with alabama and and uh, and I think it was at the Civic Arena. I think that's where I saw them. Yeah.
2: was At the Civic Arena.
3: I mean, I went for Charlie Daniels. And uh, and it was a good show. And the devil went down to Georgia, exactly. Wow. It was definitely energizing. It was a good show. I was young.
2: I was like, 18. remember <laughs> <laughs> those young days. Yeah, uh, oh, what, by the way, your, we're wait. opening for Anna Popovich next month. I forgot about that. Check her out. Did you see her before?
0: What year did you say? Eighty four. I think it was 84.
2: 86.
3: eighty four, maybe eighty six, somewhere there. I
0: was old. Eighty four. I'm not. <laughs> sh- I'm not sure you want me to tell you how old I was.
2: <laughs> oh, well, I was still my 20s in my twenties
0: in eighty four. In eighty four, I well, depending on how late in eighty four I might have been seven. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was eighteen. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, I'm not going to ask you, Charlie. He's
1: 23. What?
2: you Yeah, the oldest person here.
1: Yeah, I you like that? And probably oh, well. the most immature. <laughs> How does that work?
2: <laughs> it kind of works like if you if you say so. That I guess it kind of works. You know, old immature. <laughs>
1: Yes, God. indeed.
2: Right, so oh I, my gosh! Yeah, so, yeah, so. I,
1: yeah. I don't try to hide it. I don't try to hide it. You know, I'm I'm 59. I'm going to hit the big 60 before the end of this year. So good for you. I've passed the 60. Yeah, a, a lot yeah. of people. A lot of people uh, like to. Uh, if they don't like to celebrate birthdays, I'm happy to see another one come around because I Me know too, too many people who don't get them anymore.
2: That's right. It could be the other. Yeah. My mother says, you know, getting old is not for the faint of heart. But she recommends it.
1: It's for the blessed. She,
2: yes, she's 80 She'll be 89,
1: so. Oh, bless her. hmm Yeah. The first concert I ever saw, like, real concert, other than all those polka bands I grew up around, um, I went to see it. I was, I think I was, I just turned 15, maybe, or about to turn 15. Um, went to see Emerson Lake and Palmer, and the Wheeling Civic Center. Um, they didn't have a they didn't have an opener. They played three hours themselves with a short intermission, and uh, when they came back from the break, they rose up on a like an elevator out of the middle of the stage, singing "Carnival Number nine. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Yes. Yeah. It was. I mean, it was amazing for three guys. I was yes. just simply blown away. They, amazing, they were amazing. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, first, good. that was
1: my first real concert, and I was just, you know, I was knocked out, and I was hooked after that. Yeah,
2: they they just oh, they, they opened the at Civic Arena. They had that night. They opened up the
1: the dome, Opened the top. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. Was for, yeah did, it I was up for yes. I didn't in there. Yeah. Rick Wakeman was Rick Wakeman, you know, with the synthesizer, the move, you know, doing all that stuff. Right. Like that right. And he was like, how's he doing this? Because we were in school, music school, you know, with the move synthesizer. Back then you had to, because the keyboard was about that big, something like that. And then you had to patch. But this man was like, he said this big thing that on the stage, and he was with the town It was like,
1: yeah. Yeah. I saw some pretty cool productions. I saw, you know, I saw Aerosmith. I can't, out of all the, the, those rock bands of that era, I probably saw them more than any other band. And uh, they were all, I mean, very few times did they even come close to being disappointing and, uh, you know, and, and not really even disappointing, just not, they were average, but that was, that was the exception. They were usually very good. Uh, another band, uh, ZZ Top, were always entertaining. You, uh, regard- you, and talk about three guys, yeah, doing a lot of noise.
0: Ha- have you seen their, the documentary that came out on them? Um, no, I haven't. It's on mm-hmm. Netflix. I think it's called it's called a Little Old Band from Texas. I'm
2: gonna watch oh, okay,
0: I've heard of it. I, yeah, I've, I've heard watched, of it. I'll have to look it up. I've watched it like six times so far. It's it's just, it's amazing. <laughs>
1: Um yeah there were just some some bands back then that you know couldn't you know I mean maybe at least all the times I saw them never were disappointing Cheap Trick I mean talk about energy those guys brought it every single time I saw it, and I saw them a lot as well
0: See tomorrow if you want to have a long conversation talk to Utah about Cheap Trick he loves Cheap Trick
1: yeah i mean i I got a soft spot in my heart for them and and it's it's kind of it's kind of sad to see those bands that you went to see in in arenas back then and they're doing the rib the rib fest circuit you know but the 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 phenomenal thing is bands like that they come out they bring it every single time they yeah. you know they don't care where they're playing how many people are out there they're up there giving you their best show and that's You know, that's, that's a tricky thing as a performer, because I mean, the ladies, you could back me up on this. I mean, there are times when, you know, you got a gig, you know, you might not be, you might be under the weather. You might have something else on your mind. You might just not be in a really personable mood, but like you get to, you got to figure it out. And, uh, you know, I've somehow always managed that once I hit the bandstand to, uh, you know, to just kind of get immersed in the music. And uh, engage the crowd, and uh, you know, and get through it. So, you know, I think of these bi- these bands that have such a heavy touring schedule. Uh, you know that that's I know that's not easy to do day in and day out.
2: It's nah. not. Nah.
0: Listen, I, nah. I I tell that story about Aerosmith being the worst concert I, I've ever seen, but I would 100% go see them again and give them a second chance just because I know the history and I've listened to the albums and I, I know. And, you know, being involved in the, the scene like I am, I know that, you know, there are things that, that happen and, you know. Yeah. Now, now my wife, well, she's not going to see Motley Crue again, guaranteed. Probably not. <laughs>
1: well, how, how, uh, how different might it have been, Bill, if it was just Aerosmith and not a double Bill with Kiss?
0: Right. Yeah. And, and there's that too, because, you know, I, like I said, Kiss is, is the band for me. And. Yeah. To have them play before Aerosmith and you know it was their normal bombastic fireworks and 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 throwing the flaming sword and and then Aerosmith comes on stage and they're sitting on stools and it looks <laughs> looks like urban <laughs> street. So so it could have been some of that too. <laughs> oh
2: my God. Well, I will let you know that and uh, the, uh, previously I mentioned the documentary lightning in a bottle. Aerosmith is in that as well, in that concert show as well. So check them out. They do King B as opposed to Queen B. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really, really something to see. They're good. Yeah, they're in that as well. So check that out too. All
0: right. So this last cool. question I have for you guys could either be the easiest or the hardest. And I apologize yeah. either way. <laughs> yes. So the um SOS PJH Concert Series, Blues Night, is tomorrow at 6 p.m. And uh, you can get tickets by going to sos2020pjh.org slash concerts. It's $10. You get last season, this season, and like 70 video-on-demand um, tracks, um, video for local musicians. Um, the question, though, is because all of this came from Eric Rogers' song, um, SOS 2020, and everything is benefiting the NEVA um, uh, Relief Fund, Emergency Relief Fund. Um, If you were sitting in front of a venue owner right now, what would you tell them? So it's hard because it's open-ended, and it's hard because of the topic, and I apologize before I asked it.
3: (laughs) Well, I I think... (laughs) 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 Let's get on the stages, but they don't really have much choice either right now. I think that they want to get out there, just get, you know, open up just as much as we want to get back out there. Agreed.
1: Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um,
2: This is hurting them too. Yeah. It's, 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 it's hurting them. It's hurting all of us, but I'll tell you, um, People want to be safe uh, and and all that. I understand, and but it's it's just a hard it's just been a hard pill to swallow. So we want to get on stage. We want to um, you know uh, keep go doing our craft as much as possible, and we'll help them if they help. We'll help we'll ch- help each other. Out. We'll I'm talking this you know sir or ma'am. Let's help each other out. We'll play. We'll. Get this thing going. Get help you get to build your back up. Whatever we need to, we'll do what we have to do. We're all in this together.
1: That's yeah, awesome. yeah. Sadly, there are a lot of them that uh haven't made it through this, and uh, there probably will be more to, uh you know, kind of drop off the table moving forward. Yeah. Because I mean, this isn't gonna this isn't gonna end like flipping a switch. No, it's gonna take some time and cooperation. Um, I would, you know, if I were Speaking to any venue or any business owner for that matter, first and foremost, I'd thank them for what they've done up to this point and thank them for hanging on as long as they have and, uh, you know, just encourage them to, you know, keep the faith. And, you know, if there's anything, you know, certainly that any any band or musician or artist can do to help keep their favorite venue open, you know, most often they're going to do it. I mean, that was, we we witnessed that a couple of weeks ago with the Moondogs benefit uh, mm-hmm. unbelievable, was a the, uh turnout. Unbelievable. Turnout
0: Pittsburgh?
1: Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Unbelievable. And, uh, I know it, it, uh, you know, just knocked, knocked Ronnie socks off when he, you know, through the whole process. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, we are, we're all in this together. Um, there are a lot of people that, uh, I know a lot of musicians who they don't have, uh, another saleable skill this is what they do and they you know it's the same with venue owners and business owners that's their livelihood it's not just an inconvenience for them that's their that's taking care of their home and their family um you know i've been i've been really lucky through all this i'm a carpenter by trade so you know i i've been able to go back and do some part-time work to help supplement what i've lost through music but uh not being there but uh you know it's life's life's not easy. It's a, it's a series of obstacles that we have to navigate.
0: Absolutely. That's, I agree. I, I can, if you would have told me the last live show that I would have seen before all this hit was the one that I saw, I wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's not a knock against who it is. Cause it was, it was an amazing show. And I'll tell you that in a moment, but I am definitely a rock and metal guy. Um, that, that's who's going to know who I am the most in the scene. Um, and I'm trying to trying to expand. So stuff like doing this stuff, this interview tonight is awesome. I love this. Um, but I ended up on accident um, going out and doing a photo shoot of Frank Vieira, who is oh, a
2: yeah. Hello, Frank.
0: country artist.
2: He's a country artist, and he's a great guy.
0: And, um, like, he like. He he probably knows this now, but <clears throat> that was my first ever paid photo gig. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I um, I've been taking photos for over twenty years, but I just took them like it was. It was just a thing I was doing, and I always had a bad camera. And, um, Jonna from First Angel Media, who is a photographer, photo, um, concert photographer sent me her backup a picture or camera and said, you're going to start taking pictures with this because you have it. You just don't have the right equipment. So then she got food poisoning the night before she was supposed to go out and do, do um, his show. So I ended up all the other photographers, in first angel media were booked and she's like, you have to do this. And I'm like, "Uh, no. (laughs) And then I went and then I went and I had such an amazing time. And I was like, "This is awesome! I'm going to do more of this." Yeah, and, and the pandemic, hit. <laughs> and then it quit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Amazing. so for Great. the over a year, i have going, to, man, I really want to take more pictures. <laughs> but, yeah, country, modern country, is not for me because it's really just pop music with cowboy I agree, with cowboy hats
1: <laughs>
3: right <laughs> um
0: now older stuff um I, I i've told this story on some of my podcasts in the past um johnny horton my dad would listen to that he had a cassette he would listen to that thing so much and and i every once in a while i was teaching social studies a couple of years ago and we were talking about the war of 1812 and <laughs> and i and i got on youtube and played the Johnny Horton song for my seventh graders. I'm like, listen, you have to hear this. It explains exactly what we're talking about today. And, and then they went home and played it for their parents. <laughs> but, That's great. Um, That's a great story. But like a good Johnny Horton, um, Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, um, probably the, like Brooks and Dunn. And Garth Brooks—that's probably my cutoff right around there. I love anything Garth after Garth. that.
2: He too, by the way. Heard him do jazz. Heard him do some fusion. I said,
0: ah. Garth, Garth, Garth covered Kiss.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, he's one of those. He's one of those. He's good. Now, I I like him a lot. I, I have much respect for Garth Brooks.
0: I really do. Uh, all right, so I, I don't want to. I've had you guys on for an hour and a half. I'm having so much fun, but. Yeah. See, you didn't even realize it's been an hour. I didn't even
2: realize I'm looking right there. Okay.
0: Um. So I don't want to let you go, and um, I will be watching from home. Um. So I'll be there rooting you on. Um. We'll say hi. (laughs) Hi. And I keep telling everyone that I'm going to be there on Meadow Night. That's that's the cutoff. I've had enough of sitting at home. But. (laughs) We'll see how that goes. That's the goal. <laughs>
2: all right. All right. But well, thank, thank you so much. Thank you for having us on, the, on your and, show. This is yeah. wonderful.
0: Yes, indeed, Bill. Appreciate it. And um, you, being blues artists, I can definitely do an interview on PA Rock Show, but you really fit in on my three questions in a song, which is any genre from anywhere. Um, that one is literally – there's three questions that you have to answer. You talk about your song, we play your song. Um, so that's a short one. <laughs> so <Okay. laughs> if, if you guys are interested in doing that, let me know. Um, sure. And then, I said, you got my email. email. I, I yeah, also, mine. I also have, yeah. I do. And I also have the streaming radio station. If, if you want me to throw some music up on there, I can do that as well. Sure.
2: Awesome. So. Okay, awesome. Yeah, that'd be great.
0: Right. Yeah. So oh, yeah. for those of you that are uh, listening, don't forget, if you don't have your tickets, it's SOS2020PGH.org slash concerts. It's $10. Go do it now so that tomorrow when you get home from work, you can hang out and listen to the blues from your living room or your car. I did that one time last season. Um, <laughs> I listened to Blackridge, which is – they kind of have a bluesy funk sound. I was okay. coming home late from work. I put it up on my phone, set it on the seat beside me, and listened to their set as I was coming home. So that's the cool thing about live streaming. You can do it from anywhere. Just don't hold that's it in front of you while you're driving. That's not a good idea. No, that's not <laughs> good.
1: <laughs> I I do a live stream every Wednesday from my car at 6 p.m. Eastern called Cartoons with Charlie Barath. I've been doing oh, it. Oh, since I have to the shutdown. oh, I
2: have to check that out. I have to check that I do not
1: know I've only missed four times. Uh, actually, I missed today would be the fifth time because I had uh, something come up and I needed to get ready for this. So uh but yeah typically I am I'm there um every Wednesday at 6.
0: And and out, that's dude. that's on your YouTube or on your Facebook?
1: No that that's through my uh Facebook artist page Charlie Barath Harmonica.
2: Okay. Okay. So you
1: follow that page and and then you know click the notification button and you'll get notified whenever I go live. My cool. uh my regular listeners are probably mad because I kind of bagged today's but uh, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to put together an extra special show for next week.
0: Cool. All right. So if you guys hang out for one moment, I'm going to (laughs) sign off and then I'll give you a little bit more information about my podcasts and then I'll let you go. All (laughs) right. All right. So once again, make sure you pick up your tickets. Um, You get both (laughs) seasons (laughs) ticket. (laughs) Um, You get both seasons, season one and season two and I think there is at least 72 um, music videos in the video on demand section. Um, It's well worth the money. Um, Utah and Bob suggested last week that you purchase a second ticket because it's not really that expensive. Um, So with that said, um, make sure you check out the Blues Night tomorrow. And then the following week is Jazz Night. And then on the 29th, the end of Season 2 is Metal Night with Skell. Winner's Descent, and... Oh, I knew I was going to do that. Scout Winner's Descent (laughs) and InstaKill. And uh, we'll see you next week, 7 p.m. on Wednesday, and then Thursday, the concert is at 6 p.m.